You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon, whatever the case may be, on this amazing Super Bowl Sunday, at least amazing here in L.A. Um, I don't think L.A. read the book, and it's now 81 degrees here, so um, I'm thrilled. It's gorgeous, sunny skies. I hope that wherever you are listening, it's at least somewhat better than it has been for you. I know I'm sure you've been inundated with cold weather tips today. We're going to have some other tips for you, but once again, thanks for being here. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, host for the next 30 minutes on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, Pet Life Radio's only live call-in radio show. So let's take advantage of that live. Those are the keywords, live and call-in. And you can join us in the conversation. We are now on Google Hangouts. So if you go to our page at, on PetLifeRadio.com, go to the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you can scroll down and you can join our Google Hangouts and you can join here with me live and with our special guest as well, Dr. Heather Lenzer from the American Animal Hospital Association. And we can chat about anything you want to chat about, especially about teeth. Why? Because we are now, the month of February is the National Pet Dental Health Month, and we are trying to keep all of your pet's teeth in tip-top shape. We don't want them losing them. I can't tell you how many Patients, I see older patients, especially those little breed dogs and many cats with no teeth left in their mouth. That didn't happen overnight. That is from years of, I, I'm not going to say the word neglect, because neglect is, has a bad you know, um, implication. It's just simply that we probably weren't doing as much as we probably should have. And uh, here to help me talk about that is Dr. Heather Lenzer. Before I welcome Heather, once again, thanks to our new sponsors as well. We have Alenco Lily, makers of Comfortis and Trifectus. We have Save This Life Microchip, which is just amazing. And, of course, Kong. And if you were listening to the show before this one, the, uh, we were talking about Kong toys and how good they are for your pets. And, of course, ProSense Pet Products. And here, without further ado, here from the American Animal Hospital Association, good friend, colleague, and an amazing media veterinarian as well, Dr. Heather Lenzer. Hey, Heather. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm in, uh, calling in from New Jersey, and we are uh, sort of veering towards spring, but there's still snow on the ground, and it was still cold outside when I went to go let my little chickens outside to roam around the yard. So, so, so you're not out there wearing shorts like I am right now? No, not at all. Not at uh, all. Uh, it's too bad. I won't think. Uh, yeah, I'm just just think of me out here in the sunshine. I literally yesterday <laughs> was sitting and reading outside in the sun. I mean, how crazy no, is that? I can't. I can't do that. I'm very jealous. I hope to get out to your neck of the woods at some point. Yeah, you sure. should. You should. So anyway, first of all, we had you on as a guest a little while back. You have a new post of the American Animal Hospital Association, mm-hmm. a very exclusive group of animal hospitals. Why don't you just for a, a quick minute share some of the details about? AHA, American Animal Hospital Association. Well, thank you. Um, AHA is the only uh, accrediting body for small animal hospitals. And it's voluntary, and that's the key word, voluntary. Our evaluators will come in and uh, take a look at over 900 parts of the hospital, ranging from how the receptionists greet their clients, how the rooms are kept clean, what kind of instruments are used for dentistries, like we're talking about today, surgery, how we train our staff, how we take care of pain management before and after surgeries. There's a whole wide, huge range of of areas that AHA looks at. Only 12 to 15% of uh, veterinary hospitals are accredited by AHA, and yours is one of them, and we're grateful for that. 
It's not an easy thing to do. The veterinarians that choose to go through this voluntary process really are the cream of the crop. They're choosing to do something that's tough, that involves their whole team, but in the end you have a hospital that tends to be very, very well run and does a really great job of taking care of pets. So uh, you can check out the American Animal Hospital Association's website, which is aaha.org or aha.org. There's a hospital locator there, and you can find out whether or not uh, your hospital is accredited, the hospital you take your pets to. Or if you're moving or thinking of changing to another veterinarian, you can uh, type in a zip code, and uh, a list of hospitals will pop up on the screen, and you can choose one for you. And I highly recommend doing that. And I have to say, it's an aha practice for me. First of all, you remember back in the day when companies and products had the good housekeeping seal of approval? And that was actually better than if you had a choice between two products and one had a good housekeeping seal, of course you're going to go that direction. Well, it's the same thing with aha. And, you know, we are governed by even a higher authority than our Practice Act. Many, many, in fact, most practices in a certain state have to be accredited by or at least endorsed and inspected by their local veterinary associations. AHA, even higher standard than that. So you can, you just know that if you're in an AHA practice, they have gone that extra mile to make sure that everything is uh, order that the equipment is the most up-to-date, that hospital protocols, surgical protocols, anesthesia protocols, radio x-ray protocols, everything that you do is sort of governed and we have to, as I said, maintain a higher standard, which is not only good for our patients. Of course, number one comes our patients, but it's good for our clients. It gives them that peace of mind. And of course, it's good for the staff. And it really gives the staff something to be proud of. And when you walk into an AHA practice, I really think that you sense that. I remember having a, a discussion. I didn't want to call it an argument because he was a friend of mine. And I was in AHA practice for quite a while. I think I, I became accredited, I think, in 93, maybe even 91. That was a long time ago. Anyway, he had a, this ex a, really a great practice in the San Fernando Valley. And he was not AHA. And he was kept telling me, ah, oh, Jeff, you don't need it, this, that, and the other. P.S., he's now AHA. And, uh, he's <laughs> Excellent. And he's been AHA ever since he, he, he joined. And I think he senses the same thing. The advantage, um, and the clients really like going in. Imagine going into some place that you know has a, a higher standard than even the state's practice act. I mean, that's really something to be proud of. And I think that you see that pride coming through when we work with our patients. Anyway, speaking of AHA, First of all, to join us, if you have any questions for me or for Dr. Heather Lenzer regarding AHA or pet dentals, we're going to talk about that right now, give us a call, 877-385-8882. The call is free. The advice is free. You can't beat that. So um, anyway, give us a call or, of course, come online. You can actually hold your dog's mouth up to your, your <laughs> computer screen, and you have two veterinarians ready to give our opinions about your quality of your pet's mouth. Now, fortunately, we can't smell what well, you are probably smelling at all, <laughs> but at least we can see it and guide you. So let's talk about Pet Dental Health Month. Why do we have this anyway? Well, it is just a part of veterinary medicine that is, it's just a tough nut to crack to remind pet owners to pay attention to their pet's mouths because the mouth doesn't limp, it doesn't itch, it doesn't have diarrhea, which are all big reasons why people bring their animals to the vet. Very outward, obvious, messy issues that keep an owner up at night or they have to clean up afterwards or they're worried their animal's in pain because they're limping. Those are all solid reasons to bring your pet to the vet. However, the mouth is hidden and unless you're spending a fair amount of time snuggled up close, you may not even notice the top sign of dental disease, which is bad breath. And a lot of people think that dogs and cats are supposed to have some kind of, you know, odor to them, a doggy odor, a cat odor, smelling like a wet dog is okay, but it's not. 
our animals really shouldn't smell bad. And if they do, especially when you're up by their face, think of their mouth as being the reason that, that they smell bad. That's bacteria that is growing in the mouth and putting off a horrible smell. And it's not just that there's bacteria inside the mouth, it's actually deep down in the tissues of the gum and the teeth. And that can lead to painful infections and abscesses and loose teeth and a real source of chronic low or high grade pain in our animals. But they don't cry out often and it really takes a very astute owner to pick up on the fact that the animal's teeth aren't healthy. Now let's talk for a second about just how this all happens. So you know, of course, when we do something that we would love you to do as well, and that is we brush our teeth multiple times a day. However, we're lucky if I get you to brush your pet's teeth multiple times a month. So, right. you know, I you know, I say I tell people, I say this is my line, I say, brush your pet's teeth every day, but if you do only two, three times a week, I'm gonna still love you. Because <laughs> even that's not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen. But so we have this film that when pets eat, just like we do, this film that's sort of that sticks onto the surface of our teeth, or our pet's teeth is a plaque. Now plaque is removable. But what happens is with saliva and with the minerals and bacteria in saliva, they work on this plaque and they harden it and it becomes either, some people call it tartar, some calculus, but this is that hard stuff that builds up and then it builds up like a snowman. Once the basis is set, it keeps just growing and growing. And what's interesting is, even though this is counterintuitive, and this is what I always say, that why it's so important to really you know, keep an eye on your pet's mouths. One would think, you know, when you hear from veterinarians that you should at least not always, not only exclusively, but you should feed your pets dry food. Why? Because when you're munching, when they're munching on the dry food, they're abrading some of the surface of the tooth surface to keep it clean, remove the plaque, etc. That sounds great in theory. But interesting, if you lifted the full lips of a dog's mouth all the way to the back, where are you going to see most of the plaque buildup? On those same teeth that they are chewing with. Those are the, called the premolars and the molars. I mean, let's face it. When you think about today's domesticated dog or cat. Okay, there are the sets of teeth in the front, the little teeny ones, we call those incisors. Incisors are for cutting. And I want to know, when was the last time your dog or cat had to cut for its food? Okay, then we have the canines. Canines are for tearing. Now, I'm, I know some people feed their dogs some funny things, but I don't think they really have to tear for the food anymore. However, we do give them, we make it so easy for them with our diets that all they have to do is chew. So they use those teeth the most. So one would think those should be the cleanest. But guess what? They're not. And here's why. Because one of the, as I mentioned earlier, the key elements to developing, accumulating this tartar, the hard stuff, or the calculus, is saliva that works on and along with the plaque. Well, guess what? The salivary ducts empty into the mouth right above those molar teeth and right below. And that's why the upper premolars and molars are the worst. And people I often, well, I'll be able to pull the cheek way back, show them those teeth, and people are horrified because what do they do? When they look in the pet's mouth, they lift up the lip right above the canines. Right? And those are beautiful. And the incisors, you know, lift up in the front, smile for me. They're beautiful. But guess what? The problem is really going on in the back of the mouth. And it's only until there's a real problem. The dog is salivating. And the animal goes up to the food and looks like it wants to eat but doesn't eat. The smell is horrendous. You can't even be in the same room. All right? I mean, I have Frenchies. And there's another reason why you don't want to be in the same room. That's coming out the other end. But, <laughs> but, but, but the mouth, sometimes it's horrendous. So it is so important to, to get these teeth, get your pet's teeth checked and start brushing them. If you can't brush them, you can get a finger brush. You can get certain toys that will help. I mean, the best of the best is brushing. But there are other things or other alternatives that can at least help minimize 
and take some of the smell away, maybe control the bacteria to keep the gums healthy. That's important as well. And, um, but you need to be doing something. One thing that we see a lot of, and I, I hear it all the time from clients when I talk to them about dentistry. Now, I know and you know that one of the most objectionable parts to doing a canine or a feline dentistry is the anesthesia. Anesthesia, yep. And they say, no, no, I go to the groomer and they clean the pet's teeth. Now, Heather, can we talk about that for a second? Let's talk oh, about it. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. This is something called non-anesthetic dentistry. And it, in theory, it sounds great because uh, the animal is awake and the groomer or dental technician will try to clean the visible parts of the teeth with the, the same type of instruments that we use when, or that are put on our teeth when our teeth are scraped. However, it seems very difficult to get to the places in the mouth that actually are causing most of the, where most of the infection is. And this is underneath the gums. And you know what it's like lying in that chair as an adult, how uncomfortable it can be to actually put up with the dental hygienist scraping underneath your gums. Heather, hang on a second. We have to take a quick break. We're going to come back to this because this is very important. Probably one of the most important things you're going to hear from us is all about these dentistries, anesthesia-free, and what AHA has instituted to help better take care of your pet's teeth. So don't go away. We'll be right back here on Pet Life Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber and Dr. Heather Lancer from the American Animal Hospital Association, and we are talking teeth. We are talking pet teeth. It's a very, very, well, first of all, it's, the mouth is a very key organ. You know, a lot of the other stuff's not going to work unless the mouth is working well, unless you have some other way to feed your pets, which I, is unlikely without being in a hospital and having what we call intravenous feeding or a stomach tube put in. So it's important that we have to keep mouths healthy, and I think it's one area that is one of the easiest things to do, but one of the often most often neglected. 
And it's because uh, time, because people think it's too difficult. And there are certainly great ways to educate owners to how to teach them to start taking care of their pets' mouths early in the game um, instead of making it a chore, making it into something fun. But we want to talk now, and we've been in the middle of talking about anesthesia-free dentistries, which is something we all hear about. A lot of people want to do it. I understand the benefits to them and the peace of mind of not having to anesthetize. We get it. But the problem is you cannot do the thorough job necessary without some sort of pretty deep sedation. Heather, let's, uh, let's t you were just about to talk about the uh, anesthesia freeze and getting into the gums and why it's so difficult to do so without some kind of sedation. It really is, and the because it, you know it's it's uncomfortable. You think about oh, what it feels like when we go underneath the um, you know when when the dental hygienist goes underneath our gums. We know what's happening as adults, but it's even tough in kids to have them sit still. But underneath the gums, that's where the bacteria is. Uh, that's where the infection sets up the plaque and the tartar that you were talking about that that you can't get from even brushing the teeth. And even if people brush their dog's teeth every single day, that tartar and plaque would still accumulate underneath the gum line. So the, the issue here comes down to discomfort on the part of the pet and safety when it comes to putting these sharp instruments inside the mouth of an animal that you really can't explain what's happening to them. So uh, the American Animal Hospital Association, as well as the American Veterinary Dental College, which that's a group of veterinary dentists, there are such things, and they're fantastic, they have come out against these anesthesia-free dentistries because of worries for safety for the pet, for the person that's actually holding the sharp instruments in that pet's mouth, or worry about them getting bitten, and also, we are still waiting to find out if there's solid data to prove that these anesthesia-free dentistries do as good of a job as the ones where an animal is safely asleep. The general thought is that it can't possibly be as effective without the animal holding still. And the other issue with, the, with not having anesthesia, besides safety for the pet and the operator, is what happens to that bacteria in the mouth when it is, when it is dislodged from underneath the gums. Unless you have a tube that goes down the throat into the trachea to protect the airway, that pet can end up inhaling the bacteria and the water. I mean, think of all the water that's sprayed in your mouth when you have your dental cleaning. Same thing in animals. And now we have lungs that have been seeded with really nasty bacteria that used to live in the mouth and is now living in the lungs. That's called aspiration pneumonia. And that can be a complication, a serious complication as well. I want to add about that. You see, what people don't understand is a lot of the devices that are used are the ultrasonic scalers, rotor pros, etc. They actually pulverize this tartar and thus the bacteria, and it's aerosolized. So it's so easy without even aspirating per se, just by breathing. And right. that's why it's so important to have that endotracheal tube in the mouth. And that's not just to be able to deliver some sort of oxygen, which of course we do, along with anesthetic machines, you know, the anesthetic gas, but it helps protect the pet from aspirating or from inhaling any of these bacteria. Let's talk about oral bacteria for just a second. What people don't understand, you know, another reason from a medical perspective as to why it's so important to keep pets' mouths clean, that there are two diseases specifically, but also a third, there's some liver involvement, but there is a condition called bacterial endocarditis. This is bacteria that form, develop, and live on the heart valves, causing heart valve failure. And there's also another one called glomerulonephritis. That is an infection of the kidney filtration system called glomeruli. And these get inundated, and bacteria also seem to colonize on this filtration system. Well, guess what? On autopsy, and sadly, that's because these pets don't make it, these bacteria that are cultured from the glomerulus 
and from the heart valves, literally were oral bacteria. So it is so it's not just the mouth. It's what the effect that these bacteria have on the rest of the body, where they tend to colonize, and that's why there is so much danger involved. Now, Heather was mentioning about that data. One of these dentists that is uh, affiliated with the American College of Veterinary Dentistry, Dr. Jan Bellows, he practices in Colorado. He is doing a study, well, the initial results are in, actually, that he followed a group of dogs that were going to a groomer or one of these non-anesthetic dentists and a group of dogs that were going to the veterinarian for full dentistries. And what he did was he identified the groups and he had them come to his office for pre and post pictures. So he took pictures of the mouths before they went to the respective ways and afterwards. What he did also was on the post, instead of just taking pictures, he took radiographs and he followed these dogs for it was either three or four years. And amazingly, the post-treatment pictures from either group were actually pretty good. There's no doubt that these vet non-anesthesia, these I just not use the word vet because they're usually not, but these groomer or technician dentals can clean the surface of the teeth. And note the, the key, the surface of the teeth. Then they look nice and shiny and bright and clean. But taking x-rays over three years, the bone destruction in the group that wasn't having full anesthesia was dramatic. And that's why these patients are losing their teeth and having so many oral problems. As Dr. Ledger said, you cannot get below deep to those gums in an awake animal. You just can't. And they need something. And there are some new anesthetics out there. Call them deep sedatives. We have a, an option called Twilight. We use something called, it's called Dextomator. It puts them down enough that we can intubate them. We can deliver oxygen. They are pretty out. Kind of like a person going to the dentist and getting nitrous oxide gas, right? We call it laughing gas. It's like, okay, doc, I, I know you're working on me, but do whatever you can. I mean, that's fine. Something that we can actually get deep to the gums, clean well, do some root planing, whatever it takes. Now, of course, if it comes to extractions, you can't extract a tooth on that. But the beauty is they're already hooked up to the tube. They already have oxygen. All we have to do at that point, if we get into the mouth and find out, oh my God, these are way worse than we thought, we can just turn on the gas. And in, in my hospital, clients are all for it because they know we're protecting the mouth. It is an anesthetic. It's just, it's just a light one, but it's enough that we can intubate them and if we have to put them on gas. So there are alternatives that you can look for, but don't be fooled. But I sometimes tell, look, if you want to get the surface of the teeth clean, maybe every six months, if you're coming in once a year for a full cleaning, for I'd say an average middle-aged dog, as you get older, you're going to have to probably go in every, every six months or maybe even more, depending on the breed. But if you're just going in normally once a year, go in a second time a year. At the six-month part, the middle part, go and, and have the teeth you know, cleaned if you want. As Dr. Len said, we can't even effectively get the plaque off sometimes just by brushing. I'm okay with that, but make sure at least once a year you should have a full cleaning. As your pets get older, it's going to be more often. But every time you go into the veterinarian, make sure your veterinarian truly lifts the lips, lifts the gums, opens up the mouth, look at the inside the teeth as well, and they or he or she could show you just how bad the accumulation is something that you probably can't see at home. I totally agree. And behind me actually is a, a little dog. This is my poodle Guapo. And he is now 11. The poster and, child for bad teeth, right? Yeah, oh, he is. He's the absolute, he's the poster child for horrible teeth and actually the valve heart problems you were talking uh, about as well. So there's, um, he's not the kind of dog I can brush his teeth. He had a rough start in life and isn't a big fan of uh, 
his mouth being messed with. But I did find some oral health products that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Not necessarily the specific products, but there's a seal that I want our pet owners to look for. So uh, the American Animal Hospital Association is one seal that we're very proud of. But another, there's a separate organization called the Veterinary Oral Health Council. V-O-H-C. And this is an organization of uh, dentists and other veterinarians that are, are proving whether or not products that say they take care of plaque and tartar actually do. Because the FDA doesn't really regulate this part of our industry very well. They have a lot going on with animal drugs and human drugs. So the actual, the dental section of the, of the veterinary world is slightly neglected when it comes to proving whether or not this toothpaste or that food or this dental chew or this treat, whether or not that actually does what it's supposed to do. So the VOHC came out with some testing criteria to see what products get rid of plaque and tartar. And this is the, what the seal looks like. This is a toothpaste that I found, but you can see it right there, VOHC. And, uh, and this is something that when people go to the pet store or the veterinary hospital, either one, check and make sure that the seal is on something that, that looks like it does something with dentistry. So there are these, I like these little, these are chew bones. They're actually, I think these are milk bones. They look kind of like a lot of different types of uh, chewies you'd see out there. But again, there's data behind them to prove that these are actually as good as brushing every day. And Dr. Bellows, who you talked about, as well. He was involved in creating these. So go on to vohc.org and you can find a huge list of uh, products that are proven to do what they are supposed to do. Another one, this bag right here, this is food as well. It has right back here, it has the VOHC seal of approval. Heather, let me just break in. My yeah. dogs eat yeah. every day. Exactly. Uh, and it, it, I use it as a treat. It's a great treat, by the way, because I love them. Well, and, and they're huge, too. They're huge. I mean, they're look fantastic. at the size of these kibbles. So this is how I'm keeping my kind of crabby, sort of difficult little poodle. There's a little bit of a smaller size for him, but my border collie's beside me right now, and he's crunching away on those. So <laughs> a lot of these products, again, the brushing is absolutely the, the, the gold standard, and there's tons of different kinds of toothbrushes out there. This one has little on one side and big on another. You mentioned the finger brushes. You can even use gauze or right, pantyhose wrapping. wrapping that around your finger. And be sure that you use pet toothpaste. Like the right. one I have here, again, VOHC approved. This one's actually beef flavored. So you want to pick something your pet will like chewing on or licking. You don't want to use people toothpaste because right. we have there's uh, there can be xylitol in the people toothpaste that can sure. cause serious issues in dogs, and even propylene glycol, which is a preservative that's okay for us, but it can be toxic to cats. Right. So do find pet toothpaste out there. And plus, the pet toothpaste don't suds up like the, and it's swallowable. It's and true. We, again, we do not want uh, the dogs swallowing. What's they gonna do anyway? It's funny. One of my dogs, he will come and lick my face every time I brush my teeth, because he loves really? the minty taste. He loves. <laughs> he goes nuts. It's so funny. Anyway, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much. Please, everyone out there, speak to your veterinarians. This is the month to do it. A lot of veterinarian hospitals are probably running specials this month. We are to encourage people to come in, have their pets professionally, pets' teeth professionally cleaned, that you are doing them a big favor. And also, while you're there, talk to your veterinarian about ways, especially if you have a young animal, a young a cat, a young dog, a puppy, kitten, to teach them now, when they're young, how to get used to the process and make it fun Always make it uh, something followed by positive reward, positive reinforcement, and you will get to the point potentially with these animals that they will run to you when they see that brush 
and the toothpaste, knowing that something really good is coming up behind this. So um, thanks for joining us here on Pet Life Radio. Dr. Lenzer, thank you so much. Thanks to AHA for allowing you to come on and join me. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for the great advice. And um, we will, uh, I'm sure, see you again very soon. And for all of you out there, have a great week. Once again, thanks to Elenco Lilly, to ProSense, to Kong, and to Save This Life Microchip. And we'll see you next week. And good luck to whichever team between you know Denver and Carolina you want to win today. All right. Be well, everybody. Have a good week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.